0: Hey everybody, welcome to the LexG Podcast, a special Sunday morning episode. Good morning, hope you're having a nice day, or it might still be overnight when I put this up, but this one will have a shelf life of about 10 hours. This will be a very minor one, but since it's Oscar day, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the Academy Awards, which, you know, obviously the uh, accepted wisdom or the accepted thought this year is that absolutely nobody cares about this. The year that we just had... Um, first of all, these, this is coming so late. It's almost May and half these movies, I would say 80% of these movies actually finally got released or put on streaming or put in a theater like in, you know, I was my big one that I make fun of is the father, which I haven't, you know, I hate being an amateur on this. I it's killing me that I haven't seen the father. So full disclosure, right off the bat, there's two of these I could not get to. Uh, Minari and The Father, which is sad because these are two big guns. Maybe if I can get up in the morning and I can hurriedly watch one or two of them on my streaming for 20 bucks. I tried today. To, I was going to go see The Father at, uh, it was in Pasadena, because in Burbank, it was all, they have it, you know, because of the COVID, the restrictions, you can only sell like 30% of the seats in a movie theater, and The Father is at the Burbank 8 in an auditorium that, to begin with, has like 20 seats, so what is that, like, I don't know, six, seven people can get in to see it, and then they have to block off all the other seats, and I was going to make a last-ditch attempt to get to Pasadena, and I was it was not going to happen. Uh, I'd love to see the father. I'd love to see Minari. So that's the full end. I did not see, well, I'll t- there's one other huge one that I really wanted to see. Um, news of the world, which is up for cinematography. And I think that little girl is nominated. So right off the bat, this is amateur hour. Ahoy. I hate, I always hate, you know, talking about prognosticating something where I don't have all the, uh, But, uh, you know what? It doesn't stop anybody else, does it? Like, like, all right, I'm just going to go through these. This is just my random thoughts on these, the morning of, the night before, whatever it is. Uh, I'm going to just do the major ones, but I am going to do cinematography because, you know, I am the sheen master. Although, unfortunately, that's one of the ones that, uh, all right, we've got. I was going to make a larger point about this before I got to these, which is that nobody cares, obviously. Um, And this is so belated. And these movies, if you're in the know about this shit. And I used to want to be to some degree. It's so embarrassing, like 10 years for people. Some of the people on here or who listen, this might even remember me from 10 years ago when I was trying to I would always be trying to like curry favor with some of the Oscar. In Los Angeles there's a whole cottage industry devoted to the Oscars and the season chugging along and they kind of treat it as a horse race and for a year out there's ridiculous people who you may or may not have heard me talk about like a David Poland or a Sasha Stone or a um, Mark Harris or a Jeff Wells obviously is the one I most often mentioned like a year out he's like I just came out to call me by your name at Sundance this is clearly the best picture winner of next year and I'm like who's thinking of the Oscars 14 months in advance or whatever but these people do and And this is how they make a living. And from what I understand, it used to be a pretty lucrative gig if you could get it, you know, and I feel like that, you know, there's been a huge drop off. I think like as people have lost interest in the Oscars, especially the last decade or so you know, as things it's become like a glorified Indie spirit awards. And this year in particular, you know, we were all locked in our houses. Most theaters were not open and a lot of, you know, especially in New York and Los Angeles, the two hubs of uh movie, the movie industry movie going what well, not really anymore. I would say Atlanta probably is, but, uh, it was a year that no one cared about these movies, and so they all came on Hulu in, like, February, March. And I, I, I was, to circle back, I was saying, like, The Father came out at, like, the end of March. How does that represent the 2020 movie year? Like, to some degree, I feel like these movies should represent the year that we're in, you know, I hate to use the word celebrating, even on a on a horrible year like that, but... Uh, I mean, we're basically celebrating the early spring of 2021 with these Oscars. With no further ado, best cinematography, just a mank, all right, Eric Messerschmidt. Hey, it's a Messerschmitt. Hey, remember that in uh, Easy Money? Like uh, Rodney's building a <laughs> Rodney or the Angerfield, Easy Money. It's a great movie. He's building a. He's trying to quit drugs and alcohol to win a bet or whatever. And uh, he quits He goes into like building a model plane, and it's a big. He goes, "Hey, it's a Messerschmitt, you know, because it's like a mess of shit. You remember that? It's a great. Uh, it's a great comedy. Um, that was pretty good. Well, was it? I don't know. Uh, people complain about that about whether it was true to the look of a movie really from the forties, why it was in widescreen, um, I will give it a thumbs up just because it was so much Fincher vision from his early music videos. If you remember Fincher from even before Alien 3, he directed things like the Cradle of Love video. And the the, the one that this really reminded me of was the uh, cinematography for Oh Fa- Father, the very depressing Madonna video from 1990. Um, and it's a beautiful video and the way he shot it. And it's so weird, there used to be such overlap between F- in Sheen and in terms of framing style compositions between Fincher and Tarsum Singh when they were both music. Music video directors, and there's some askew and kind of sinister images in Mank. The perspective, the proportions, and um, the, the eerie framing and stuff reminded me of some Tarsome stuff, which was really like old. Fincher stuff, too. If you go back and look at, like I said, Our Father, that would be a reason I find that interesting. I know that the Citizen Kane and Orson Welles Brigade is very offended about the look of the movie. And just, you know, here's the thing that's funny to me about Mank is if you go on message boards, there's these dudes who are like 60, 70, and they're so angry and appalled about this kind of nothing movie that came and went in a flash for like 12 Os Like, this is a movie for 12 Oscar nerds or 12 Citizen Kane nerds and guys who watch TCM for a living. And, you know, where the traditional, you know, casual guy outfit to go to rep houses with the village voice in the armpit. (laughs) And, you know, they're like the guys from Cinemania who would constipate themselves with peanut butter and a peanut butter diet. So they would never have to take a shit in their triple feature uh, of old timey movies in the theater. That's like who the audience for Mank was. And there's these old dudes who are so offended that it downplays the genius role of Orson Welles. Dude, it was 80 years ago. You can get over it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't find any kinship with people from 80 years ago. I mean, we want to preserve movie culture, movie history, sure. I don't, it's not like Citizen Kane hasn't been blown enough over the last, you know, century that you have to worry so much about this, you know, Fincher doing this little, trying to help out his dad's kind of terrible screenplay from 30 years ago. Um, I, I was not, I mean, I guess I just don't feel that much personal lately like, like, i don't feel like orson wells courses through my blood that i must you know milady him for the rest of my life like i was neither here nor there about that movie i just can't imagine getting that impassioned that there's there's some guy on one of the movie blogs who's a film historian who i could mention but i won't but he's so angry about this and he was angry about it for years in advance because he had read the fin- the you know the fincher senior script years ago and he took it as a personal affront it's like dude you were born in 1950 all right you weren't There I I think his I think his rep will survive. It's not like, you know, this is going to be the final word on Citizen Kane, some movie that eight people gave a shit about. What am I... am just supposed to be going through the categories, and I'm all worked up. This will take three hours. Other Best Cinematography nominees. We got Mank, which I just went off on. Sean Bobbitt from Judas and the Black uh, Messiah, which I, I... that looked cool. I, I like the framing. I like the composition. I like some of the use of color. It's just everything looks so digital now. It looked... Watch some some geek will tell me actually you shot it on film. Maybe it was because I watched it on HBO Max. Maybe it's because I watched ninety percent of these movies on TV. It looked like TV, and that was a movie that could have looked. It should have looked like Shaft's big score, or French Connection two, or Hit, or Superfly, or um, fuck, I don't know, Black Sunday or something, or Dog Day Afternoon. And you could have. It looked good. It looked uh, it's. I don't know. It just, it should have been grubbier. I think like you, you could have, and and obviously I know everything's going to be shot on video, but I feel like if Spike might've directed that movie with like that kind of cinematography from clockers or he got game, or it was just a little punchier or pulpier, um, grainier. Like if you really use some sickly purples and, and gr- greens and made it look all septic in 19 really seventies, you could have French connection that out or had it look like Owen Roisman or something. So many different options for a movie like that. It's like when, uh, when Ridley did uh, American gangster, which I like a lot, but it had that Harris Savitties Savitties, like laundry trap sheen. And you could have made that movie. It should have looked like blue and French connection. Superfly. It should look like aqua gel, grain or something but like kind of bad color and you didn't do any i don't know those are both fine i'm okay with those trial of the chicago seven by fade and papa michael i mean it's shot so flat it looks like it's from 1992 it looks like malice or something like it's just to me nothing spectacular it's just leaden shots with bad extra work and i mean that's not entirely the fault of the cinematographer i don't think sorkin has a great eye for some of the spectacle moments it looks like a handsome production of 1992 kind of inoffensive i don't find there to be anything interesting about the cinematography in that that's a waste of a nomination news of the world darius wolsky who's one of my cinematographer i love and revere and i love paul greengrass and hanks and wanted to see this movie it was one of the ones that I just because the theaters were closed in Los Angeles and now I could easily have watched it for six bucks. And I just wanted to see that in a theater and then they reopened the theaters in Los Angeles and I c- couldn't get to it. It was uh, up for a week in like a shoebox and I was starting a new job and uh, I'll see it eventually. And, I mean, again, this is like amateur hour that I'm telling you I didn't see it, but it's just full disclosure. And honestly, I've probably seen more at least than anyone listening to this bullshit. So why not? Nomadland will probably win. Who even is it? Joshua James Richards. All right. My thing about Nomadland is that cinematography is very pretty. It's kind of what everybody does now. Everybody wants to be Lubezki or Chivo or whatever you call him. Everybody suddenly in the last 15 years has become the world's preeminent fan of Terrence Malick and has to pay homage to that sort of nature-based magic hour it's you know vistas and sheen and it's kind of like the 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 roving camera behind someone's back and the mountains and it's it's purposefully studied and beautiful but for a movie that should be grubby and earthy like i think to a movie like god go back to like the sean penn movies remember when sean penn used to direct really good movies like indian runner and into the wild and um somewhat um the other one, the one with the Jack Nicholson, was Crossing Guard, less so. I'm only saying Crossing Guard, less so. It's a great movie. It just I'm talking about the nature, like the way Sean Penn shot Americana and Wilderness. It had the look, the mournful look of like, like he was the movie equivalent of like a Bruce Springsteen song. Like you could shoot movies about this heartland and about our, you know, the mountains and nature. And it didn't have, go back to like Altman for God's sake. It didn't always have to look like this, Clear digital sun, precisely in the middle of the screen, roving camera, total ripoff of, of Malik. There's other ways to do it. There's other ways to do that and make it. You know, the, Sean Penn's the pledge, maybe even. I don't know. It just seems like there's a slightly more natural way to have filmed the story of Nomadland that I might have worked better for me. It's a good movie, and I'll talk about it more when we get to a picture and, you know, the other shit it's up for. It's just a movie that's about poverty and it's about this woman making this choice and, you know, the the rugged integrity of her journey, whatever. And it's filmed like it's National Geographic, like it's glossy. it's It's beautiful nature. It's like... Yeah this should have looked like shit in a way. Like it should have, why couldn't this have been shot like a movie from 1970, like a Bob Rafelson movie or a Hal Ashby movie. And I said, Penn, or I said Altman, I don't know. Not everything has to have the, the, the Chivo. I'll just keep calling it the Chivo look that everybody goes for now. It's just, it becomes an a style affectation that in this case, I didn't think you can't have a movie about this. Why is it shot so precisely? So beautifully. I even, like, an Alexander Payne, the way he shoots the Midwest or whatever, and even if it's not as stylized, if it's not as beautiful, if it's, as glossy, I, I sort of would have, I don't know, I liked, I would have liked that look to it better. All right, I'm going to talk your ear off about cinematography because um, that's, like, what my natural inclination is because I like visuals and stuff and sheen. And um, I should get to the acting ones, though, because that's what everybody wants to hear about, and we'll start with supporting actor. Isn't this riveting? Aren't you glad? This is just a waste of time if you're waiting for the Oscars. Supporting actor. All right, let's go through these. Daniel Kaluuya, who is generally, I think, perceived as the front runner, was great in uh, Judas. I think he's kind of the lead in that movie. It's that weird thing where they treat them as co-leads. He and Lakeith, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, both really, you know, if you think of it as... I don't know why you would think of it as this, but maybe as the departed in some way. Lakeith kind of has that, the Leo role of being, you know, he's the mole and he's kind of torn up inside. I love these movies where someone's the mole and it's always incredibly obvious. And like instantly, like the classic is like James Bond in uh, license to kill where he goes undercover for Robert Davi, who's this fearsome Colombian drug Lord and earns his trust within a minute and a half. And they smoke a Lark cigarette together and, all there's all this subterfuge going on within his business. And he's like, well, it couldn't be James. But it's like, how could it not be the guy you hired 10 minutes ago? It also happens with, uh, with, uh, Miami vice with, um, the guy, what's that? The, oh God. I'll remember his name later. God, I'm getting so, but when they go undercover for the dude with the glasses and uh, I remember Luis Tosar, but not the guy, uh, Ortiz, who's been in a hundred millions. It, it becomes so obvious. This is in so many movies, but here it's like, Gee, do you think in Judas, it's like, gee, do you think maybe the mole is the guy who, when there's a shootout with the the Panthers and the the cops, he just conveniently ducks out and like, oops, sorry, I just slipped out the back. You you think maybe it was that guy, but he and Lakeith are both great. I would be fine with either of them winning. I know that someone we all read and follow is obsessed with the idea that Lakeith Stanfield is Stanfield. Haley Steinfeld. Uh, he's so much better than Kaluuya. I don't agree. I think they're both equal. You could give it to either one. Sasha Baron Cohen with that ridiculous Abby Hoffman with a bad wig and he's seven feet tall and looks like, ah, uh, come on, man. Just come on. Come on. That's sort of in a way like, like, you know, they want to blow Sorkin and they love Borat uh, he's fine. He, like he's probably one of the livelier things. He and Mark Rylance are probably the two liveliest things in the movie, The Chicago Seven. But uh, I wouldn't go with that. Um, Le- Leslie Odom Jr., who I watched, I watched that Sam Cook. You know, the one night in Miami, which I watched last night, which uh, a couple nights ago, it kind of cracked. It was good. It was very good. At the end of that movie, they wheel out some guy doing a horrible Johnny Carson, and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's you know the story of these four. You know, it's sort of a fictionalized or you know fictitious imagining of what might have happened in this hotel room the riff you know the riffing and the repartee and the arguments and the 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 thoughts about their own legacies that would happen if you got Jim Brown and Cassius Clay at the time and uh Sam Cooke and uh uh Malcolm X. That guy was great. That guy who played Malcolm X was great. Sam Cooke guy was great. Here, this uh, Leslie Odom, who was great when he played for the Lakers, too. He used to bang Khloe Kardashian, right? I found out this guy was on CSI 20 years ago, and he's becoming a star now, man. Sometimes it just takes a while. Um, But anyway, I was cracking up about that. One Night in Miami movie is quite good. Um, I might not get another chance to talk about it, so I'll just get out here. What cracked me up is, like, they're all hyper-aware of their legacy. Like, there's some ball-busting and some jovial chat and some superficial, funny riffing, but I just found it so... I don't know that even those four legends if you got them in every second wouldn't be about like the legacy they're going to pass down and how they're perceived and their you know how famous they are. It's like god, don't they were just maybe they were playing poker. I don't know they were to talk about what chicks they were going to bang or something. No, like every single thing is about the enduring legacy to the community and stuff. I, I mean it was good. It was very good. The acting was great. Obviously it's a play. Regina King's direction was but you know it was fine. It was it was it looked nice and everything. But it's just that Johnny Carson thing. Uh, anyway, Paul Racy, he's the uh, guy I would probably like. You know, here's my thought about Paul Racy. It's my same thought about this. The girl who's in uh, Maria Bakalova or whatever from Borat is like how can you get nominated for your first noteworthy performance it all, i know you can but it annoys me i know it shouldn't cuz it's really just about the performance and not about the legacy or the career it'll just it just annoys me that this dude who it was great absolutely great in sound of metal this might be my favorite or maybe laKeith but uh the idea that uh he was working at he was working at the the L.A. court downtown. Uh, he was handling the jurors. So every time I've been down there in a terrible mood, stuck with jury duty, where I'm going to be on some like carjacking trial with a gangbanger named Smokestack with all his crew like eyeballing me from the gallery, hoping that I, you know, I'm like go home and I'm switching six trains, subway trains, like thinking I'm Jason Bourne or Jack Reacher, slipping on a baseball hat because I'm worried that his gang's going to come and murder me, uh, and cursing out the day that I got jury duty. Duty, which if you live in Los Angeles, you get yearly. It's like so absolutely annoying. Other people go their whole lives in other cities and maybe every twenty years they're like, oh shit, I got called down for jury duty. It's a guarantee you get it like once a year in Los Angeles. And I'm this is a long story short. Apparently he worked for the LA courts, so I naturally <laughs> sort of don't want him. But I had this jo- this joke about him like, you know, you're giving him this right off the bat and not right off the bat. I mean, God, the guy's got to be 55 years old and he's probably been acting in bit parts to no acclaim. It's really a sweet Cinderella or underdog story. But you just know, you know, if he wins this or even if he doesn't win it, he's going to be in like the next Spielberg movie and he's going to have mutton chops and he's going to be like, it'll be one of these boring civics lessons Spielberg movies. And this guy will come out like farting along about democracy or something and giving a John Williams scored Amistad speech. And we'll be like, why did we have to ask for like who asked for this guy? Can you go back down to the courts or whatever? Uh, Best supporting actress. Best Supporting Actress, Amanda Seyfried. I mean, hotness acting, sure. But, I mean, you know, I like her. But in this movie, she's doing this, like, Betty Boop 20s period thing. And I know that our buddy Wells was very enraptured and ensconced by, the like... It, it's, it's kind of... She's doing this, you know, the the old-timey voice, but she's kind of half-assing it. And you know that, like, Amanda Seyfried probably is not some genius who grew up re- watching the classic films of the 30s. She probably watched... Fincher probably made her watch, like, three things. Anyway, she says the word Siggy, Siggy-poo. So she goes, like, she's like, light me up, one of those Siggy-poo's. And I'm like, oh, oh. Like, I bristled. Like, if I were a caterpillar and you just pull, poured Valvoline on me. I was so embarrassed at her saying Siggy-poo to mean a cigarette. And... I, you can't award that you can't olivia coleman for the father yeah great she's somehow a year younger than me i don't know how that works out i mean not. i look like trust me i'm not uh i'm not exactly holding in there like jared leto but i don't understand what what that's about Yoon yu Yoo jung for uh minari i don't know didn't i haven't seen it yet as i said and you can shoot me uh, Maria Bakalova I just covered that like yeah everyone's like wow that's really a great adventuresome performance she's so incredible she holds her own with Sasha Baron Cohen she lives in these you know situations these like undercover improv like that's a whole different kind of acting that yeah okay I get that maybe maybe like uh, I don't know Who's a who's a, a an accomplished that like maybe Kristen Stewart couldn't do that and hang out in like some QAnon redneck's house for a month or some ladies uh, yeah but that's is that like I don't know like Johnny Knoxville could do that <laughs> like these are pranks this is like uh, Eric Red or Knox I don't know it's to me it's a different kind of acting it's just like you know you absolutely know that the next thing she's in she will be probably terrible in it and we're like well she was so good at that prank shit in Borat and you gave her like the best supporting actress and then five years from now it's gonna be like you know there's always somebody who's new and we're like oh what a revelation like whoever the Camilla what was that thing about the Maria full of grace or whatever. And she was, you know, there's always somebody right out of the gate. They give that award and then they're never heard. I don't want to hex her like that. She was really funny and effective in it. It's just really that Rudy thing. People made such a big deal out of it. And, uh, I don't know. It, It wasn't to me, it wasn't quite the gut buster. It apparently was for, it seemed very oddly edited and, uh, I don't know. It sort of annoyed me in some way. Glenn Close doing that, you know, great portrayal of my mom <laughs> in the Elegy* as Mama. You can't award somebody named Mama. That was a very hammy movie. I don't know about that. Best screenplay adapted. Oh, God, who cares? I love the idea that uh, *Borat* is an adopted screen adapted screenplay. Like, like it's based on the Charles Dickens novel of *Borat*. Subsequent movie film. I wouldn't know. I don't know what writing is. I don't know how you write a screenplay. I don't give a shit the white tiger i sort of like that that was i'm the old world's only big fan of the white tiger uh original screenplay minari sound of metal promising oh jesus trial of the chicago boredom they'll probably give it to sorkin right won't they give it to sorkin best director god well we'll do that we'll do best all right we'll do best director right before picture what do we else we got here as I'm wasting everything, let's do best actress, best original song, who the fuck cares, can you imagine caring, best actress, look at this, look at me, I've seen all five of these movies, so I can actually have an informed opinion here, I think they, I actually think they will give it to Frances McDormand again, I know that there's a big thing, whoa, they could give it to Carrie Mulligan, I know Wells will blow a load if they give it to Carrie Mulligan, she, uh, these are all really good, actually. These are actually good. Usually it's the supporting actor where I'm like, "Wow, I'm so blown away by all of this. But these actresses, Andre Day, uh, United States versus Billy Holiday, which is great. And then she gets, at the end, she has liver failure and her eyes were uh, jaundiced and now You'd notice, like, I'm not drinking tonight because I'm terrified. <laughs> like, just from what... You, like, the United States versus Billy Holiday is so effective, you actually will get cirrhosis just from watching it. Vanessa Kirby, she gives birth for 45 minutes, does lots of moaning. She was hot in Hobbs and Shaw. Good enough. Um, and she also goes and buys... Oh, God, that movie was so depressing. Wasn't it? I don't know if you saw the uh, pieces of a woman, but, like, you know, she miscarries in the beginning, and they're working class. She and Shia LaBeouf, and then it just... God, it's so miserable and like she's buying, you know, I think she's buying like special lady diapers at the beginning and I'm like, it, I watched her right before Christmas. I'm like, who needs this in their life? That's the story of all these movies. Who needs this? It's so miserable. Carrie Mulligan, great. I really enjoyed her in that uh, Promising Young Woman. I, I, You know, it's weird. It's, I find you wouldn't think that I, a guy who you think is like old school and kind of guy's guy or kind of. proudly sort of old school in my thinking. There's so many young dudes in my feed who are kind of annoyed with this movie or offended by this movie or thought it didn't go far enough or thought that I don't know I quite liked it. I did strike me that for half the movie of Promising Young Woman I thought she was murdering maybe the dudes and then Uh, what's his name, Adam Brody's buddy shows up. He's like, oh, he told me about you. I'm like, wait, you let him live? And you realize she's really just given, I mean, she gives McLovin. You kind of can figure it out 10 minutes in when she just lets him. But she says to McLovin something like, I'll just let you off with a warning, unlike the other guys. And I'm like, well, she must be killing the other guys with their sake. Because then the second scene is she's covered in blood or so you think, but maybe she's just eating a burger and her feet are on the pavement, which is... Uh, in very wide, and I'm not going to say anything there, but uh, it was a little opening sequence I rather enjoyed. Um, But I thought she was like doing, you know, she was on the edge. She was doing all these horror, but every one is sort of a fake out. And you're like, She's just. As someone else said this on my feed, but I had the exact same uh, thought. She's just giving him a stern talking to, really. Uh, Viola Davis, the Ma Rainey. Yeah, I just think she wasn't in it that much compared to uh, these other. I would say that these other four women galvanized, like they they were the whole movie. And Ma Rainey was more. I, I thought it was more the guys actually. That banter between you know Coleman Domingo and uh, Chadwick and the 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 Glenn Turman and whoever that the, the bass player was. I thought those guys were all great. And uh, then occasionally Viola Davis, who's terrific. Obviously, she's a legend whatnot, but she just kind of bumbles in. She sings. She looks zonked out. She's bisexual or whatever. And it's a big hand bone performance. But I just think she was in the movie as much as the other four. I would give it to any of these, uh, these other four. I was really taken aback by that Andre Day, though. andre Day, Andre Day, because she's not an actress. And usually my thing is, like, don't give it to someone who's never acted. It's like the Jennifer Hudson, where it's like, you want a reality show and now you're... Uh, you're a, you're a best supporting actress, but you know, if it's that good. Uh, and I think that, uh, I don't know, I'm sort of almost, it's gotta be Mulligan for me or maybe that Andre day. That was really something. Um, Yeah, the the thing about that Billy Holiday movie is most movies of this sort, it's like starts out with the happy times and you know the the come up and when you know Billy it would have been like Billy Holiday getting famous, falling in love or what. This one, she's just a a junkie who's kind of moody and kind of an asshole, but kind of put upon and a great and a legend and whatnot, but sort of like kind of shitty to her band. Anyway, the thing that would all be like the last forty minutes of every other bloated rock biopic is the whole movie (laughs) here. It's just her being strung out and leading people along and having asshole men in her life. And the, the feds out to get, you know, it would be the, you know, the last 30 minutes of the doors, but it's the whole two and a half hour movie or whatever. Frances McDormand, she takes a dump in a bucket and enough said there. I mean, I think she probably, I think they might give it, to, you know, my argument why they would give it to Frances McDormand is she's the whole movie. Like she, so as was, as is, you know, as our Mulligan, as our uh, Andre day in particular, those two, um, But Frances McDormand is is front and center in every single scene, and it's kind of. She does a lot with her expressions and stuff. Even if I'm not the hugest fan of the movie, uh, it's certainly not a fault. I mean, it's a great performance. Best actor, Hopkins, right off the bat. Boy, this is I'm gonna whiff it. I can't even really comment on this one because I didn't see Stephen Yoon or Hopkins. And Hopkins is one of my favorite actors. It's killing me I didn't go to this movie today. In fact, in the time I'm editing and recording this, I should just sit my ass down and watch The Father, but I'll try and catch it in the morning. Um Riz Ahmed, great. That would maybe would be my favorite. Chadwick Bozeman. I've seen heard a lot of arguments saying like, well, obviously he's gonna win because it'll be the posthumous thing, but it's not a it wouldn't be a uh, it wouldn't just be a sympathy thing. I think he was really good in that. His speeches and his monologue about uh, his dad, seeing his dad and this thing that he, that I, I won't give it away, but his centerpiece monologue I think was excellent. I've always liked him. Or I always liked him. And when he played that <laughs> that James Brown, he starts off the movie barging in with a shotgun and a woman's taking a shit or he has to take a shit or something. Or he pulls a shotgun on a woman who just took a dump in his bathroom. It was a great opening. He was great in the Jackie Robbins thing. Robinson thing, RIP, it would be fine. Mank, I mean, I like when Gary Oldman vomits on the floor. I I enjoyed that. It's a lot of Mank telling it like it is. You know, he's like, oh, what's Mank doing, that rascal? What's Mank got up his sleeve for us now? It's an exhausting movie. But, I mean, didn't we just give him one for that fucking Six Flags fat suit three years ago? Really need a blow. I mean, I love Gary Oldman. We don't need to blow him that much that you got to give it to him again. Best director probably breathing like michael myers on this one because i'm just thomas vinterberg for another round i don't even know how that i love this choice because it's like wow you actually uh nominated someone who's not a complete fucking moron who made a real movie but i don't even know how that slipped in there because you know another round is only up for i think foreign but not up for uh legitimate best picture and they have like nine what does that say to the bad directing of the others that you know, only four of the eight or nine movies made the cut for director and then you bring in god vinterberg i would be so thrilled with that but it would never happen i loved mads mickelson in that obviously it's about middle-aged guys who start drinking it's right up my alley i think it's beautifully made the dir- directing in it is quite uh, it's especially in the second half. I mean, it's subtle at first because it's it's not you know, he was one of the dogma guys back in the day, but it's it's shot uh, sort of un not that flashy to begin with. But then subtly, like really smart choices uh, take over. I like that La Fincher obviously is a legend, but I mean, I wouldn't I would like to see him win it just because, you know, Fight Club and Social Network and Zodiac and. Uh, you know, he's a legend, seven, the game, whatever, you know, one of my favorites, modern favorites, but not, for, I don't know, not for this movie. Chloe Zhao, I talked a lot about Nomadland and what my issues are there. It's, it's good directing for sure. I just think it's a, the tone and the material are two different things. Uh, Lee, Lee Isaac Chung for uh, Minari, which I have to reserve judgment there because unfortunately emerald fennel god damn it you know i hate that i sort of like the directing of this movie and the pastel colors i was sort of like smitten with carrie mulligan and a lot of it and i it was fun and kind of campy and and uh but god you know she's got to be uh, i don't know man i don't i don't know i don't know man I, is it best director worthy I, I don't know it's kind of funny she got yeah, it you know i like that movie more than bank for sure and it's it looks nice and it's like i just said like i feel like the editing covers up a lot of the fact that Carrie Mulligan isn't really doing anything to a lot of the early guys, but it's very snappy, very pulpy. I don't know that she should win Best Director for it. It's it's you know she's probably one of those like uh, irritating showrunner types who uh, is like a legend to Twitter, and I don't quite know who she is, but uh, I kind of liked her movie. Best Picture, let's just get to it. God, enough of this, enough of this bullshit. What are we on about? Best sound of metal, loved it. Mank, it was okay. Minari, didn't see it. Promising Young Woman, I enjoyed it a lot. The Father, we've been there already. Judas and the Black Messiah was really good. Maybe (sighs) Trial of Chicago 7 TV movie, Nomad Land, taking a dump in a bucket. What do you say? I say what'll win is everyone says Nomad Land. Or maybe trial of Chicago Seven just because it feels like one of those nineteen ninety four type winners that's like a big American political movie that sort of comments on the current moment. I think that Judas and the Black Messiah for two movies that cover a little bit of the same overlap of territory uh, Judas is way ballsier movie better better made better shot that's the one i would go for of those two nomad land will probably win i think the father they're probably more thinking the acting and hopkins promising a young woman i think maybe that's just carrie mulligan's movie minari might stand a chance just because not to it has nothing to do with parasite but it's not out of the bounds of reason after last year that it could be possible but it seems like kind of a more genteel or you know not as electric and not as uh twisty and inaccessible a movie perhaps mank is just ridiculous sound of metal uh i loved it but you know what if sound of metal won it would be kind of cool but it just i don't something about and it's not even sound of metal's fault because it was probably one of my top of two or three of the year it's just all of this felt like tv movies and that's how you got to wrap it up none of of that list i saw one in theaters i saw promising young woman in a movie theater and so that's why that one almost seems what I sort of stammered on on her direction nomination, because I was like, well, at least it felt like a movie. It felt like a movie because I saw it in a theater. Judas and the Black Messiah might have felt like Serpico if I saw it in a theater. All of this is compromised by being television. This is like the Ace Awards or something for Hulu and Amazon and Netflix movies. None of this seems real. I don't know. It's gonna be in a train station or some shit. I, I can't wait to see how they. What a what a bomb this is gonna be. I'm sure they'll give it to Nomad Land and Chloe Zhao and Francis McDormand, and then the entire world will be like, "What the fuck are these movies?" <laughs> like I'll, you'll go to like Yahoo comment section, and no one will know what any of this stuff is. These were movies for. People, the 25 people left who still read Oscar blogs. That's my rundown of them. I had nothing enlightening to say, but I was just riffing about them. Hope any of this was, well, whatever. (laughs) I don't even care. Like, this was just a little time killer if you're waiting for the Oscars to start today. Maybe I gave you a laugh. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I made you want to see or never see any of these boring movies. Uh, Have fun. It's a wonderful night for Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. You know, I wish we had Billy Crystal tonight. Don't you wish we had it come out like promising young woman? What's she promising? She promised me she wouldn't spend my coffee. <laughs> I just made that up. All right. Have a good day.